Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And this week's Screen Verdict is not from Podcast HQ. No, we've had to move. We've gone up to the top floor of the <laughs> Screen Verdict podcast building. Some of Matt's slaves in the basement were making too much noise. <laughs> oh, there's some construction work going on next door. So there's a big, like, massive truck picking up, like, piles of things and, like, throwing it around and stuff. Uh, <laughs> throwing rocks around. Sounds like fun. Uh, Screen Verdict's going to have to buy our yeah. neighbouring offices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They came around to us like a week ago. There was like asbestos in the place and stuff. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're digging that up, getting that yeah. flying around the air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're only telling me that now. I could have covered my mouth on the way in, Matt. <laughs> That's good. We've got all the windows shut. <laughs> well, if the asbestos doesn't kill us, on the podcast, we're going to be talking about Django Unchained. Django. Django. His name is Jingle. <laughs> no, I, know. I know that's not the real lines of the song. The real lines is Jingle. Do you have to always be alone? <laughs> <laughs> you got the lyrics right in front of you. And it still wasn't even close. <laughs> it's a paraphrase. It's a paraphrase. <laughs> a longer paraphrase. <laughs> Good theme song. From another movie, Quentin Tarantino just found another movie called Django and just ripped their theme song. Yeah. So it's a Tarantino movie. Yep. But Here's the thing you need to know about Quentin Tarantino. He seems to always be having fun. Unless he's shutting your butt down. <laughs> yes, if you have not seen this on YouTube, type in Quentin Tarantino. I don't shut I'm butt shutting down. your butt down. <laughs> yeah. Well, perhaps he has more fun making movies than he does in interviews. Yeah. Because is that how we're going to categorise Tarantino's films? They're fun. They're pretty over the top. I think they're clearly... This is clearly a guy who likes making movies. And he makes the movies he wants to make, and he has a lot of fun making them. Just the way he talks about his movies and how passionate he is about his movies. Like, yeah. I think movies in general, not just his movies, but he's yeah. a huge cinephile. yes. I don't know what his DVD collection is, but I'm sure it's insane. He puts on his own festivals, just picks yeah. weird, crazy, kind of crappy things that no one else would ever heard of and just screams them for people because he loves them. Yeah, he loves the movies. And that's good because we love the movies too. Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> We're doing a podcast. Half of our <laughs> podcasts are on movies. <laughs> so Tarantino loves movies. Do you love Tarantino? I haven't seen heaps of Tarantino. Like, I haven't seen The Kill Bills. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. I saw Inglorious Bastards uh, a couple of years ago. That was okay. That was sort of had some had its moments. I was really impressed with uh, his work on CSI when he directed <laughs> uh, the, as an episode of CSI called Grave Danger. I think that was very impressive. That made me go, this Tarantino guy... I should have a look at some of his other work. You should check out this Inglorious Bastards. That's a good episode. That's one of the best CSI episodes. It's not, oh yeah, I really enjoyed Pulp Fiction. I heard he directed an episode of CSI. I'll check that out. It's like, did you see Tarantino's episode of CSI? It was awesome. Maybe I should watch Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Which I will do. I haven't got around to it yet. Uh, you remember Bass? 
Yeah, I vaguely remember a guy named Baz. He was in um, a Batman podcast. Oh, yeah. And he's been, like, a childhood friend of you and mine <laughs> for the last, for, like, 15 years. <laughs> uh, well, he, for my 18th birthday, got me Pulp Fiction DVD special edition. Well, that's... Okay. DVDs have been around since... Or... A while. Maybe 2000. So... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Oh, I'm just, I'm just using getting my detective clues here. So Matt had to be at least 18 <laughs> after the year 2000. I feel like I said, of all the jokes, I feel like I said my age in one of the podcasts. Oh, you've been very cagey about revealing your age on the identity podcast. Identity theft. That's how the identity thief <laughs> They know your birth year and uh, they know your name and they just walk right. into a bank and get all You're your You're going to ask me to go back and edit all the podcasts to change you from <laughs> saying Matt Noble. From now I'm only Matt. They can't know my last name as well. This is just too much information on the internet. I just think, like, you need both. So I've given my name. That's <laughs> so you got this present. Yeah. And I feel like he's a bit annoyed that, like, he went to the effort to buy me this. I think it was, like, an R18-plus movie, so it's, like, I turned 18 sort of thing. He was pretty excited. Oh, it's a classic film. Matt likes his movies. And he's a bit offended that I haven't watched it in all this time. Because <laughs> he's always asking if I've watched it. <laughs> Even now, like... That's probably an indicator yeah. of whether uh, yeah. he cares that you've watched it or not. The fact that he's constantly asking. Yeah. If someone buys you a DVD for your birthday or Christmas or whatever, is there an etiquette that you should probably watch that? I think there is. I mean, if you get someone a present that requires them to actually give up an amount of their time, it is sort of asking for effort on their part. Mm. So you can't demand that they watch it instantly. No. But if it is something that you think they will like, and if it is something that you yourself actually think you might like, I think you do owe it to them to actually... Mm use the present they got you. Although, let's just be very clear, that's not the etiquette that's required if someone gets you a book. (laughs) That's a lot more time they're asking you to give up. I I thought you you were going to say, like, some weird sex toy. (laughs) Well, just because you paid for it doesn't mean I have to use it. I might not want to use the weird sex toy. Yeah. Well, that probably too. But (laughs) definitely a book. I think a book... You're more afraid of having to read a book than use the weird sex toy. Well... How long is it going to take to read the book? Like, I feel like you need to... Um, I think you, you're obligated to read the forward to the book. <laughs> anyway. So we should probably talk about uh, Tarantino a bit more. Uh, what do you think of Quentin Tarantino? I really like Tarantino. I think I've seen all his feature films except for Jackie Brown. And I've liked all the films of his that I've seen. Pulp Fiction seems to be the consensus favourite. It's the iconic Tarantino movie, for sure. I'd probably say that's not my favourite. It's very hard. I I kind of like them all. I'd probably give them all sort of an 8 or 9 out of 10. Mm. I'm actually pretty keen to go back and watch them again, because I think I've only watched most of them once. I've seen Inglorious Bastards a few times, and I've really enjoyed that each time. So if I had to pick a favourite, I'd pick Inglorious Bastards, but... One of the others could take take over if yeah. I watch them again. Yeah, and to be fair, you have not seen his CSI episode. <laughs> <laughs> you fatal flaw yeah. on my part. Yeah, so that's a contender. 
could be your favourite. <laughs> now Tarantino has done World War Two film, black exploitation film, yeah, kung fu film, crime film, yeah. Has he done a western? I don't think so. I think, and I think I've seen him in interviews saying how excited he was to get his teeth into a western. That's a paraphrase. Well, he has done a western. It's called Django Unchained. We're giving our opinion on Tarantino. What's our opinion on westerns? We love the westerns. We do love. Westerns. We love westerns. They're great cowboys and saloons and and uh, tumbleweeds and wagons <laughs> and gunslinging and. Horses, <laughs> like the cactuses or cacti, like it's just maximum drama, and of course, like to top it all off, cowboy hats. <laughs> yeah, I love westerns from pretty much all periods, all the different kind of types of westerns, like your revisionist westerns, I love the assassination of Jesse James, Dead Man, and you've got your spaghetti westerns, Sergio Leone, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was extremely excited to see Tarantino tackle a Western. And Westerns can be pretty violent. Mm. And Tarantino can be pretty violent. This could be the perfect <laughs> storm, This, <laughs> if you like violence. <laughs> so let's get into the film. Mm. We know it's got a Western setting. I think it's set in 1858, obviously a time when slavery existed. Racism existed in America at that time. This was pre-Obama. <laughs> <laughs> he solved that. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Good job. And there is a slave called Django. Now, that's spelt with a D. Yes. It's but silent. It is silent, which we are told numerous times in the film. I thought it was a bit strange that this was a talking point, seeing as the name is not written down a lot. Yeah. People just say Django. My name's Django. The D is silent. They're like, oh, good. I was going to pronounce that with a D. I'm glad it wasn't like Jose. Because that would have made for a less, like, clean talking point and tagline. Sort of like, my name's Jose. The J isn't silent, but it's pronounced as a H. (laughs) Payback will be. (laughs) (laughs) payback will be pronounced with a j (laughs) J (laughs) back so he is a slave yes and he's been walked around in chains when literally chained Mm. when a dentist rocks up in his little dental cuts i like the big tooth that was on the top of that yeah that's cool dr schultz played by christoph waltz Mm. You might remember as Hans Lander in Inglorious Bastards. That's a bingo! <laughs> we just say bingo. Bingo! <laughs> Who offers to buy Django? Mm. The people don't really want much of it, though. But he's quite persuasive, as dentists are. <laughs> yeah, I guess persuasive is a good word, yeah. And Schultz ends up offering a proposition to Django. Hmm. He says, I'm a bounty hunter. If you help me catch and kill these guys and get a reward, I will help you find your wife. Mm. And the reasoning is Django is because there's a reward on these guys' heads 
but he doesn't know what they look like. Django used to be a slave for some of those guys, so he can identify them. Mm. If you were Django, would you accept this deal? Well, I think you'd want to do anything to try and get your wife back. Mm. So I guess the question would be, is this guy trustworthy? Does he seem like he's going to be helpful? Is he going to come through? And he seems like a pretty good guy. He's playing a German again. This time, not a Nazi. One of the nice Germans. Yes. So yeah, I think I'd be I'd be teaming up with the dentist. Hmm. Yeah, I think Django really has nothing to lose. He was a slave. Worst case scenario, this guy just keeps him as a slave and readings on his deal. He hasn't gone backwards at all. <laughs> um, best case scenario, he gets his freedom. He gets his wife. They all have a good time together. They go on a phone. Sounds like a threesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to break down segregation, like, one way or another. <laughs> Dr. Schultz teaches Django how to shoot. Treat. Yeah. you got to have the training montage. Yeah. Like he seems to take to it pretty quickly. Yeah. They learn how to shoot. They sort of hang out a bit. Things like that. I love the scene where, because um, Django is African-American, they walk into a bar and he scares out the bar owner because, I don't know, Apparently, like, people weren't allowed in bars back then or something. And so he runs off. And then, like, Christoph Waltz just helps himself to the drinks. <laughs> I guess we'll have to be our own bartenders. Yeah. I think that's a good etiquette rule. Like, if due to a prejudice, a bartender or a store owner leaves a store, I feel like you can just take whatever you want from that store. <laughs> so their quest, I suppose, leads them to... Candyland, Tantino's decided to do a crossover with Wreck-It Ralph. Yes, he's, uh, <laughs> head over to Sugar Rush. Because it turns out that, uh, Django's wife is Vanellope. Who <laughs> <laughs> I thought was a little young for Ralph, apparently not too young for Django. Yeah. <laughs> Either that, or there's a slave owner who yeah. is named Candy, and his property is known as Candyland. Yeah. And that, that slave owner is none other than Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. So Candyland's an entire plantation. They've got people out, the, the African-American slaves out there picking cotton or something. But the thing that uh, is of real interest, I guess, the focus is is something that Leonardo DiCaprio is sort of going on the side, which is, how, how do you describe this? Like wrestling, a wrestling club, a... It's sort of like gladiators. Hmm. They basically get the black slaves to fight against each other. And I think they bet on it or it's just for entertainment. It's a bit of a show. Hmm. And so he likes trying to, I guess, get the best ones, have the best fighters. So he can win. I guess there must be some money involved with this. It is a bit of a macabre entertainment. Morally questionable, some might say. Yeah, Andrea from The Walking Dead would uh, be opposed to this. She doesn't like zombies in her fighting entertainment. Probably wouldn't be on board here either. Well, she didn't like it. Why didn't she walk away? <laughs> Why did she still look at it? Good question in a poor accent. 
People love my Walking Dead governor impression, Jonathan. I got, uh, a, lot of, I got a lot of positive look, feedback I'll, I'll for this. It's a very good impression of someone else. <laughs> Django's wife is at Candyland, which is what brings them there. And so the plan is to somewhat... Something involved with the wrestling in order to trick Leonardo DiCaprio into to giving the wife back, pretty much, is the plan. They're trying to do a sting. A sting on Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And Leo has working for him Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, which I didn't actually realise was Samuel L. Jackson until, like, <laughs> a week after I saw the movie. Like, <laughs> I saw it on Gold Derby. There was an interview with Samuel L. Jackson for Django Unchained. <laughs> Man, I thought I thought Jamie Foxx was Django. <laughs> They've <laughs> aged him a bit. Samuel L. Jackson yeah, yeah. sort of shaded little kind of fuzzy white hair. Mm. He was a very strange character. He was mm. kind of a black man that was working for mm. Monsieur Candy. Yeah. He was a white man. But he kind of viewed himself above the other black people. He didn't seem to like the other black people. He seemed to love slavery. <laughs> like, he seemed to, to really enjoy his slave job and didn't want anything to upset the apple cart with slavery. Mm. He was sort of the top slave. He got a nice suit. He didn't need to be out in the fields all day. It seemed like for some reason for this guy, he viewed slavery as a win. Yeah, I'm not sure to what extent that was an act because he seems to switch out in and out of this really over-the-top kind of southern hick, in inverted commas, Negro accent to just talking quite normally. Mm. Like, I'm not sure how much of it is just to please Leonardo DiCaprio. I feel like he really liked Leonardo DiCaprio and he wanted to please him. So we have these different characters sort of talking and there's kind of plans to try and rescue Django's wife, which is Broomhilda, which is a pretty crazy name. It's like the witch from Hansel and Gretel, doesn't it? Well, it does come from a fairy tale, apparently. Yeah. Christoph Waltz tells a story. This is from a, a f- famous German story where there was this princess named Brumhilda. Hmm. And so the people that she was bought by happened to be German and they taught her a bit of German and named her after this famous princess. To me, this seemed like this character almost... Large parts of the story story were written around Christoph Waltz. I think Tarantino just likes him so much as an actor. He did such a good job in Inglorious Bastards that he said, I want him for this film. I'm going to make him a German character. And I think they started writing things around him. Yes. That would be my guess. Yeah, like, let's make uh, Brumhilde German, and then he can tell the fairy tale. There'll be a connection with him then. Yeah. Go and find your Brumhilde. <laughs> And it's funny, Christoph Waltz sort of starts out all about the money, but then he sort of becomes a bit like, he sees a chance for him to be involved in a real-life Broomhilda story. A German is obligated to help yeah. Siegfried find yeah. Broomhilda. Yeah. So we've got some big names here, some big characters. Matt, did you have an MVP? I did have an MVP. Could, could I basically say that how much fun were Christoph Waltz and Leonardo DiCaprio? They seemed to have fun doing whatever they were doing. 
Regular Tarantinos, these guys. <laughs> like, they had a real energy. Like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio was like, well, come on right in. The show's just starting. <laughs> and then you got uh, Christoph Waltz going, I would like to parlay with you. <laughs> Can we parlay? <laughs> he also loved using words that the, the, the cowboys would not know the meanings of. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, hands down, MVP of the movie, Christoph Waltz. Yeah. He is so much fun. Yeah, I agree. Christoph Waltz, by far my favourite thing about the film, I thought, just as good as he was in Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. and I'd be pretty happy to see him win another Oscar. I'd be fine with him winning the Oscar with this lineup. Though, I think it's a little unfair that he's in supporting actor. This is definitely a co-lead performance. Okay, uh- I've, I've seen this debate in the Gold Derby forums and online. I am actually... I've been in the past really critical of Category Fraud. I'm okay with him in what, you're all the all, You're always the one going, nah, that's a lead. Are you serious? I think it's, Jan- you- it's Django's story. I think it's Django's story. Yeah, he's story. got his name in the title. I would be fairly confident that Christoph Waltz has more lines than yeah, but he's a character that speaks more. Like, he's a very wordy character. If you're the guy that has the most lines in the film, how are you supporting? The diving bell on the butterfly lead guy didn't have any lines. It's a different type of film. But I'm saying, like, like the lead is... Like, in the Western, the lead is typically very quiet. Well, whatever. I don't really mind. I, even though I think it's a co-lead performance, I'd like to see him win Best Supporting Actor. But something I wanted to mention, I think... Everyone's been talking about his performance, Leonardo DiCaprio, Samuel Jackson. Doesn't seem like people are talking about Jamie Foxx that much. No, no one's really that excited about Jamie Foxx in this no movie. No one's like, oh, he should have got nominated. Or no. this. Now, he's perhaps not quite considered on the acting level as some of those guys, like, you know, DiCaprio and Jackson. Those are big names. But I thought Jamie Foxx was really good in this. He's got more Oscars than uh, DiCaprio and Jackson combined. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I agree. I really liked his take on the character of Django, and seeing as this is quite a fun, adventurous, sort of action-y Western film, I think it was surprisingly subtle and layered, the performance, as well. Yeah, look, I um, I think Jamie Foxx is good in it. I think he does the role well. I think it was amazing. Like, I, I thought Waltz did something really special here. I thought DiCaprio and Jackson were really good, and Jamie Foxx, I think, carried it well. So, obviously, in a Tarantino film, there's a lot of violence. Yes. I'd say in this, there's two types of violence. There's the violence against the slaves, Mm -hmm. which is very gritty and disturbing and pretty disgusting acts of abuse, basically. Yeah, whippings and and the, the fighting things and obviously things like that, yes. And then there's violence against the slave owners. Which is fun. It's fun. It's fun cartoony. Violence. It's over the top. You sort of root for them to be killed because it's vengeance and revenge for yeah. our main characters. Yeah. It's sort of exactly the same as Inglorious Bastards where it was. Let's violently kill a whole lot of Nazis. And now it's, let's violently kill a whole lot of slave owners because slave owners are bad people. They just substituted the atrocity. I even heard Tarantino saying the 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 famous uh, 
shut your butt down interview, he said that, uh, I think something along the lines of sort of slavery is one of America's holocausts, like, which is a bit of a loaded statement probably, but, um, and he view, thinks that no one's ever addressed racism like he has in this movie. Well, racism is certainly addressed in the film with the use of the N-word. Yes. Which I'm not sure appears how many times someone told me it was a, a record. I would guess it's probably there two or three hundred times. So this is the this is one of the two words that I will not say. The other one is the uh, British equivalent for a cigarette. Samuel L. Jackson is loving trying to goat reporters into saying it in his interviews. For yeah, I saw this. A reporter tried to ask him a question about it, and he would refuse to answer the question Until unless the reporter would say the N-word, yeah. which he didn't want to do. Yeah. Hypothetical. We have Samuel L. Jackson on the podcast. <laughs> we ask him about this issue. We say, oh, there's a, a, a sort of word, the N-word is causing a lot of uh, issues in your uh, movie. In your movie, uh, What is your view on that? And he comes back with us, which he definitely would. What, what? Nothing? <laughs> Nobody? I'm like, no, 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 the word that refers to... And you, Say the word. I don't know what word you're talking about. What what would we do? The thing about that was the reporter kind of came off looking like a bit of a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't really want to come off yes. looking like a pussy, especially in front of Samuel L. Jackson. So I think I would say it. I think I, I, I think would, I would have too. to provide it some kind of context, a sentence in yeah. which I am somehow explaining that I don't condone the use of the word but because Samuel L. Jackson is explicitly saying he wants to know the word, the word is this. Yeah. Someone from the minority group which this word persecutes is demanding I say it. <laughs> but I haven't seen any of the I haven't seen any of the interviews I've seen, I haven't seen anyone say it. Yeah. Which is more reason why I think if we had him on the line, we should say it. <laughs> no one else is saying it. I think we would then be cool. I think Samuel Jackson would then think we're cool, right? Or is he try- is this a trick? <laughs> or is this a trick question? When someone says it, is he just going to get mad at them? Christoph Waltz just like pops out of the corner and just shoots me in the head. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bingo. <laughs> you know, uh, remember from our Oscar and Emmys podcast, Tom O'Neill. Yeah, Big Tom. Samuel Jackson tried to goat him into saying it on Cold Derby. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he didn't say it. He didn't say it. When we uh, talk to him on the Oscar podcast this year, we'll uh, ask him how close he was to saying it. <laughs> <laughs> now let's give Django with a D a verdict with a V. And I'll try not to use the N-word. Okay, that was my rating. We don't have Samuel Jackson on the line. We're not allowed to. Yeah. I really like Tarantino. I really like Westerns. So I had good expectations for Django Unchained. I really like the setup. It's a good tale of revenge, which I think fits really well in the Western genre. Mm. I think Christoph Waltz and Jamie Foxx make a really good lead team. You've got some interesting other characters as well. I think the first half is really fun. It's got some really great scenes. 
the action's great, the comedy is good. I think it, the pacing starts to get a little wobbly about halfway through or so. I don't know. I think there was just a little bit too much going on. It's two hours, 40 minutes. I think they could have trimmed that a little in order to fix up the pacing and cut out some of the scenes like, or shorten the scenes like the bag scene. It was very isolated from the rest of the film where they're talking about the bags on the head. Oh, yeah. For the raid. With Jonah Hill. Yeah. And that was kind of funny, but... that's funny. It wasn't really funny for three minutes. Hmm. So, yeah, I think they could have tightened that a little. I think it was shot really well. I think it sort of paid an homage to spaghetti westerns, but while still being original, mm. still adding that Tarantino feel to it. I think the film was missing that sort of classic Tarantino dialogue, in a way. Mm. I mean, there were a lot of sharp lines, but there weren't those really good talky scenes. Mm-hmm. And maybe he wanted to show that he didn't need those, that he, he could make a film without that... Which makes sense, but in a way I sort of missed it, because mm. that's sort of what I hope for in a Tarantino film. Mm. But overall, I was enjoying it a lot, and I think there was some really good stuff at the end that made this a very enjoyable and very Tarantino film. So, I'm going to give Django Unchained an 8.5 out of 10. Oh, very good. Django Unchained, it's a movie... I thought Christoph Waltz was fantastic in this. I thought better than Inglorious Bastards. I, I thought his character um, was really good. I thought it went, the story went really well. I think it was maybe a bit slow. Some of the stuff with Kerry Washington I wasn't really that invested in their relationship. I wasn't really that, that invested in her as a character. But I want to see Django. The violence was pretty good. I'm not a big fan of like revenge. In life, but it's an important part <laughs> of westerns. <laughs> and look, the violence is pretty gruesome and bloody in an entertaining way. I hope what the film is trying to say uh, is to try and like make the audience realise that something they find entertaining is the same thing that they find appalling in other instances. Maybe looking at the hypocrisy of that and the uh, culture of violence. Um, maybe that's not what it means. <laughs> I don't know. Contarantino doesn't really answer questions on the violence in his films. <laughs> so I don't know. Whatever you think of the violence and stuff, it is an entertaining film. It's a good story. There are interesting characters. And I had a lot of fun watching that. And even a bit of a cameo in there of someone playing an Australian in there. So too, which is a lot of fun. It was just a really fun film. Uh, it was so much better than Inglorious Bastards, which was slow and boring for large chunks of it. Though still a good film. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like I wasn't bored as much in Django. I was enjoying it the whole time, it, and it had some great high points. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I guess that makes us... Sort of in agreement on Django, but not really in agreement on Inglorious Bastards. Yes. <laughs> now to everyone's favourite segment, housekeeping. Yes, Matt, what's in housekeeping this week? Well, I've got an interesting story that I thought people might find interesting. <laughs> this better be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's claimed that it will be twice in the one sentence. <laughs> 
Well, I have some friends who are fans of the podcast, as in they've listened to it a couple of times before. Um, you, you know them, Jasmine and Kirsten. Mm. And they're going, they, they've just gone to Tokyo for, a, for 10 days. To Japan, the, the big, the big uh, city. I don't know, the, <laughs> the skiing. The they're probably not in the city, though, the skiing. Anyway, regards, I had to give them a lift to the airport last night because the, the lift fell through, so I, I chipped in. And by that, I mean someone else had to drive them. I don't drive, but I'll take credit for the lift. Um, <laughs> so it's good there. And obviously, the big question that I had for them was, okay, you guys are traveling for a bit. How many Screen Verdict podcasts have you downloaded for the trip? <laughs> so then they changed the topic. Not yeah. a good sign. I feel like the over-under is one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then I asked again, I pushed them on it, I Oprah Winfrey'd them, and they said, uh, Kirsten goes, well, I don't have an iPod, so I can't download anything like that. It's like, okay, Kurt, you're off the hook. Then I asked Jasmine, no answer. She would not answer the question. Yeah, apparently asking someone if they've downloaded Screen Verdict is as controversial as trying to get them to say the N-word. Yes. Just they shut down. Answer, shut down. We'll not answer no the question. Comment. We'll not answer the question. So uh, their brother, Brendan, who you went to school with, is also in Japan right now. So I think I'll send him a Facebook message this week and see if he um, he's downloaded any for the trip. No reply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he just deactivates Facebook. (laughs) Never comes home. Yeah. Though a great uh, tip is for any of our listeners that are going on any trips, holidays or drives or anything like that, download episodes of Screen Verdict. What better way to pass the time? I don't know. I think it's been scientifically proven to be the best way to pass the time. (laughs) Yes, that's what my scientists are telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do that at iTunes. You can download it at iTunes or download it at Podomatic.com if you don't have an iTunes. and Or you can just listen to it on Facebook. That might be hard if you're going on a plane and things like that. So get the iTunes, guys. Don't be like uh, my friend who doesn't have an i thing. Can't play the downloads. You can get it on Stitcher Radio if you've got an Android. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. And um, look at the figures. We're doing pretty well this month. 31 downloads from Brazil. Brazil. Tulabon. Do you have 31 from Brazil? It's maybe because you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. People have heard this. They're getting into it over there. I don't know. Well, hello to all our Brazilian listeners. Shout out. Shout out to Brazil. Country of the week. On Stream Verdict's Verdict. Country of the week. Stream Verdict's Country of the week. There you go, guys. Well, that's our Django Unchained podcast. Mm. Django. That's his name. Um, Django. <laughs> Will he ride again? Django, you are a guy. A guy who's not in the life of pie. Django. I know after that you won't be, but uh, hopefully (laughs) we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.